0: I'm James Brian Smith. Welcome to the Things Above podcast. You are listening to Episode 9. If you missed the pilot episode or this is your first time listening, as I often say, this is a podcast for what I call Mind Discipleship. It's a podcast for those who want to learn how to set their minds on things above so that they can think heavenly thoughts and have it impact how they live. James Allen once wrote, As We Think, So We Live. I like that. Very concise. As we think, so we live. I think he's right. So in this podcast, I try to give a glorious thought in each episode, something you can soak your mind in and on. That phrase, glorious thought, comes from the old hymn, It is Well with My Soul, one of my favorite of all time. And in that that hymn, Horatio P. Spafford, who wrote the, the hymn, writes, My sin, O oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, My sin not in part but the whole. He's nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. So in the case of uh, that verse, of that hymn, the glorious thought was the finality of the cross, which I spoke about in episode two. Today's glorious thought is this. We love because God first loved us, not only once, but always. When I was in seminary, I became good friends with one of my classmates. He and I really hit it off. We spent a lot of time together talking about our classes, our life, our faith. And at one point, he was really struggling in his own personal faith. And that can happen when you're in seminary to, to people. And I know that's why some people joke that seminary is really cemetery, the place where your faith goes to die. So, but my friend, he was struggling. And um, one day over lunch, he just said, Jim, your faith seems pretty real and like pretty strong, more more than most of the people I know, I just wondered what's, what's the reason that your faith is the way it is? I'd never been asked the question, so I had to pause and think about it. So I did, and then all at once it just came very clear right to me. I said, You know, the foundation of my faith is built on two verses, first John four ten and first John four nineteen. So I quoted them to my friend, and it goes like this In this is love Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. We love because He first loved us. My friend asked me why those verses were so important to me and to my faith. I said, you know, well, the only thing credible or believable is love. I mean, my faith is not built on an argument or evidence or logic, even though my faith isn't illogical. But my faith is built on what God in Christ has done for me and for all of us. He asked me to explain. I said, look, God loves me. This I know, not just because the Bible tells me so. I know it because of Jesus. Jesus reconciled me to God. He didn't reconcile God to me. Now, if I'd read Richard Rohr back then, I would have quoted him. Who said, Jesus did not come to change the mind of God about us, but to change our minds about God. Thank you, Richard Rohr. I love that quote. I went on, so nothing is more comforting to me than the notion that it's not about my loving God, my commitment to God, my serving God, or even obeying God, but it's about God loving me first. And that brings me to verse 19, which is, we love because he first loved us. I would say the same is true today, but you know the foundation of my faith has, has deepened since then. I understand the Incarnation today in ways I never did before. For example, in the last episode, Episode 8, I, I talked about the glory of the Incarnation. Several years after seminary, I, I came across the writings of Søren Kierkegaard, the great Danish philosopher of the early 19th century. Now, I'd read Kierkegaard. I actually had a class in seminary on Kierkegaard, but I didn't know back then that he kept a journal of his private prayers. And I got a, a hold of a copy of those. And when I read them, I was deeply moved. But there was one prayer that absolutely blew my mind. And the prayer was based on my favorite passages spoken of earlier, 1 John 4:10 and 19. So here's the quote from Seren Kierkegaard. You've loved us first, O God, alas. We speak of it in terms of history as if you've loved us first, but a single time. Rather than that, without ceasing, you've loved us first many times and every day and our whole life through. When we wake up in the morning and turn our soul toward you, you are there first. You've loved us first. If I rise at dawn and and at the same time turn my soul toward you in prayer, you're there ahead of me. You've loved me first. When I withdraw from the distractions of the day and turn my soul toward you, You are there first and thus forever. And yet we always speak ungratefully as if you've loved us first only once. What a thought. No matter where I am or what I'm doing, God is there loving me first. Same is true for you. When you woke this morning, before you even thought about God, God was there loving you first. When you paused in the day and God came to mind, God was there loving you first. And always, I love what Kierkegaard said, and yet we are ungrateful. Ah, That's what that prayer did for me. I thought, you know, yeah, I never think about that God's there loving me first always. That would produce incredible gratitude. Man, I encourage you just to spend a moment thinking about this glorious thought. God is there loving you right now. Well, if this glorious thought were not enough, I have something to add on to it. You know, to be honest, sometimes I struggle with accepting God's love for me. And that's because I spent way too many years with some toxic narratives about God and God's love, namely that I had to earn it, and I was always trying to earn it and losing it and so forth. Eventually, I was able to believe in my head that God loved me because, well, He's God. And it says in 1 John 4, 8, that God is love. So, I suppose God has to love me, but I couldn't believe he liked me. The breakthrough understanding that God actually liked me would come years later, and eventually I came to believe that God not only liked me, but actually delighted in me. That's why the very first glorious thought back in episode one is, I'm one in whom Christ dwells and delights. Uh, My friend, I'm happy to call him my friend, the great New Testament scholar Scott McKnight, um, gives a great lecture on God's love in our Apprentice Experience Program, and uh, he's given this lecture several times, and I love it every time. And he said that God's love was to be understood in three ways. He said God's love is a rugged commitment. I really like that meaning God's love doesn't change despite what we do. God's love is a rugged commitment to be for us. God is for us. Second. To be with us, God wants relationship with us. And third, unto holiness. God longs for our purity because it's, well, it's good for us, and love desires the good of another. A rugged commitment to be for us, with us, and unto. Those prepositions are, are powerful. Then, in the fourth time I, I heard Scott teach about this, he added another aspect, a fourth aspect of God's love. He wrote up on the board, the affective love of God. And I was trying to pronounce that affective because with an A, not effective. So affective has to do with feeling. So in other words, God also has a rugged passion or feeling towards us. So as soon as the lecture was over, I went up to Scott and I said, you added one. And he said, oh, you caught that. Yes. I said, why? I mean, I love it, but why? And he said, well, I read a book by a Jewish scholar named John D. Levinson, and it's titled The Love of God. And in that book, Scott went on to explain, Levinson talks about the Hebrew word hasak, which is H-A-S-A-Q. And it's different than the Hebrew word hased. I could you know, say those with more intensity. Chesed. That's how you're supposed to say it in Hebrew. But hasak is different than hased. You know, hased we translate steadfast love. But hased doesn't have a clear affective dimension. But hasak does. And Scott said, check out this book, Jim. And of course, I'm going to do that. So I got the book by Levinson, The Love of God, and I was blown away. So Levinson quotes Deuteronomy 7-7, where Moses is explaining to the people, it was not because you were more numerous than any other people that the Lord set his heart on you and chose you, for you were the fewest of all peoples. Well, let me stop there. So that word, set his heart, the Lord set his heart on you. The word there is hasak. And hasak means to take pleasure, to find delight, to feel desire, to have a passion for someone. Oh, wow. Now, I know I say wow a lot. Sorry about that. But I'm, I get moved by this stuff. So, let's put it all together. Let's put the Apostle John and Kierkegaard and Scott McKnight, the writer of Deuteronomy, to form today's glorious thought. Here it is. God loves us first and loves us always and at every moment with a passionate love because God is for us, God longs to be with us, and God wants what is best for us. And in every moment of every day, he finds us delightful. Oh, that, that may be something you might want to write on a three-by-five card like we did with I'm One in Whom Christ Dwells and Delights. That, that's worthy of the three-by-five card. Let me repeat it. God loves us first and loves us always and at every moment with a passionate love because God is for us, God longs to be with us, and God wants what is best for us. And in every moment of every day, He finds us delightful. I hope you'll join me next week for episode 10, where I'll be talking to my friend John Ortberg. He's one of the best Christian speakers and authors I know, and we're going to be talking about his new book, Eternity is Now in Session. Isn't that a great title? Until then, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at James Brian Smith, and you can learn more about this podcast at apprenticeinstitute.org. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend, and you can also subscribe, which means you'll get them automatically each week. My hope, as always, is that if one day you are asked, hey, what's on your mind? Your answer will be, things above.